Hi, and welcome to the Slush Podcast. As you probably know, Slush is the world's leading startup event. You're about to hear an interview conducted at Slush 2017 on the Founder Studio stage, where the biggest names in tech sat down for an intimate Q&A. Nicola Shea is a Chilean serial entrepreneur and the founder of Get This, Todos, Startup Chile, Complo, E-Class, and the Chilean Association of Entrepreneurs. He's interviewed by Tatu Koivisto. You just had the uh, fireside chat with uh, with uh, people from Estonia and uh, some entrepreneurs. Uh, I don't know if you guys were there listening, but there were some heated discussions about the future of uh, democracy and politics. Um, so uh, let me ask you, uh, you said that we should definitely uh, save politics and empower more people uh, to participate in, in in our democratic system in order to save it and make it better for the future. But As, as for me, for example, when I'm thinking of politics, I don't think that they are necessarily the best or the good way to influence for the future. Uh, so why should someone be interested in uh, in going for democratic system and start maybe joining the party or start party of their own? Like, why, why should I care about democra- democratics? I can maybe do a startup instead or something else why 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 would it be a good idea how many of you believe in democracy raise your hand how many of you are active participants in local politics raise your hand one and a quarter so you know that's the problem so we basically it's not about saving politics i don't give a damn about politics It's about making the right decisions. Democracy is a process, is a system which we uh, agreed that it was the least worst or the best available uh, to make the best decisions um, that would have legitimacy and would represent the most amount of citizens. But if those citizens are not participating, it doesn't make any sense. So we are the pur- our purpose is to make the right decisions. And in order to that, for that, we need to improve the system. It's a system. It's a systematic problem. It's not an individual problem. The system which we have in place, at least in Chile and many other parts of the world, is selecting the wrong people, and that are making the wrong decisions. And so, at the same time, all of the rest, all of us, me, until two years ago, we were just looking at the system, blaming the system, blaming others. Um, making others responsible for their lousy decisions and we weren't doing anything about it. So we said, you know, the only way to fix a system which requires participation is to participate. Genius. <laughs> That's what we did. And so then we we asked the question, what are the inhibitors? If we all agree in democracy, we all want our world to survive. Uh, we all want to, you know, fix things that are broken improve poverty, pollution, etc. Uh, but we're not getting involved. So yes, let's do a startup. Yes, there are other very influential ways to um, add to the world, but they're not exclusive. So today, politics is an exclusive activity to a very sh- small group of individuals. And that's part of the problem. 
And it's not an identity, it's not an individual's problem, it's a misrepresentation problem. And part, of, and part of the problem is that it's really these individuals have made it very hard okay. to participate as any incumbent would in their own industries. Well, yeah, um, there was previously discussion about uh, should politics be a like profession or should we so somehow break that and make it other way that you can't be doing politics for 30 years? What, what is your thought about that? So we were discussing about the different sectors. So we've, you know, there's the first sector, the second sector, the third, and journalists argue in favor of the fourth. Um, and they all seem to be, or we've been told, that are mutually exclusive, which I think is wrong. Uh, you can be part of an NGO, you can be an entrepreneur and have your own company, you can be a government official for a while, you can write in a newspaper, create your own blog. It's ridiculous to see this, the, these sectors in silos, uh, especially now with social technology, you should be able to be part of all sectors simultaneously or come and go from, from one to another. Um, as long as you know, we know you disclose what are your interests? What are your incentives? We don't want someone, of course, to go... The, 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 what's the risk? That you join another sector to benefit your own interests, either your company, either your newspaper, either your whatever, your congressional re-election. Um, so, so we started, in order to do this with, this, with a bunch of entrepreneurs two years ago, we started this new political party called Todos. Todos in Spanish means everyone. And basically, it's a party for everyone. It's, it's a party to, to, to allow people to represent themselves. We don't have a, there's no unique ideology. You join the party to, to see it as a tool to enter. It's like a platform. I see it as a LinkedIn for politics. It's like LinkedIn with TripAdvisor, with crowdfunding, you know. Um, and if you want, if Tato wants to be the next mayor of Helsinki, he just, you know, says who he is, what he thinks, what he wants to do. He clicks submit, and you're up and running. Okay, and that's a platform for lowering the barrier. Barrier. Okay. Um, well, uh, as I'm not gonna say as a politician because you are so many things, but you. you I am a politician, and I'm, okay, I'm a proud. Okay. I'm a super proud politician, okay, well, and an entrepreneur, and I've got a wife and five <laughs> kids, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they play soccer on the weekends. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. But. Um, we, we didn't qualify either to the World Cup, but, <laughs> but you you must have like heard many times like uh, for uh, as you said for other people citizens uh, it's very easy to just look at the politics and blame blame te them like what is happening and not not be involved but like you you've done some great work uh, in in Todos and uh, getting like people that are not necessarily like automatically coming into politics and trying to encourage other people but how, how could you replicate this and how is it working for you guys like uh, have you seen uh, more common people like more more citizens to coming into the politics and how would you like do this in more global scale or uh, how how what we could learn from you guys at, at, at Chile like here people here in slush like in that field? It's the simplest thing. It's the most replicable thing. Um, we, we would love to see our party being replicated. Uh, we're trying to build 
we hope to have a good technology. Today, what we have sucks pretty much. It's very basic technology. It's not a technological challenge, really. Technology is very easy. Uh, we are already connected. We actually, yesterday, started a Telegram group with other entrepreneurs slash politicians from Brazil, Argentina, Guatemala, El Salvador. Um, the only thing you need to do todos, or whatever you want to name it, is have internet connection, which is great because they're, we're eliminating, as citizens, it's really comfortable to not be able to participate. Who wants to participate? Who, in, who wants to lose his privacy? Who wants to spend less time with his family? Who wants to be blamed? Who wants to, you know, have fake stories told about him or her? Who wants that? It's ridiculous. No one in their sane mind would want that. Um, so, and today it's very comfortable for us citizens to have excuses. No, it's so hard to participate. I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, so if you eliminate the barriers, we hope that we will eliminate the excuses. So when citizens can, if we make it very easy to participate, if being running for mayor of Helsinki is equivalent to creating your profile in LinkedIn, or maybe put a button, an API between our party and LinkedIn, so you don't, need, you don't even need to do a dual curriculum, then we will be challenged to participate because we will can. And then if citizens that can don't, then it's a different conversation. So it's either you do something, you get involved, or you know what? Shut up and get out of the way. Yeah. Um, but still, even, even if that um, taking part in the politics... We should, yes, we yeah, should yeah. definitely bring this to Finland. <laughs> so who is going to start Todos in Finland? Kaikki. Elias. <laughs> we trust in you, Elias. Okay. Um, so uh, what do you think about the overwhelming complexity of the uh, politics? Like, could that be one of the reasons why, why people are not very interested in politics that can lead, like, in the frustration or so. So, yesterday, I'm a big advocate of Uber. Yep. I, uh, I mean, I'm a intensive user of Uber. And six months ago, I heard that Uber had been banned in Finland. Um, and last night I took a taxi, and please correct me, because I have no idea. This is what the taxi drive driver told me. But he told me that It's banned for the moment, but in July, it will be completely open. That's correct. To drive a taxi. Is that true? It's exactly the same thing that will happen with politics. Today, established political parties are taxi companies. Politicians are taxi drivers. Uber is around the corner. It'll show up. And when open parties, open technologies come into politics, then basically there will be no differences between what's a traditional politician, what's a non-traditional politician. We, whoever wants to participate will be able to drive a car or to run for office. And the chances of winning will be similar. We will pay the same fares. Hopefully we have good insurance. Um, you know, there will be minimum requirements. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question, I think, it's not... I don't want to oversimplify the problem, but it, it 
most of it has to do with the lack of participation. There's no critical mass. There are not enough good candidates. Candidates are not connected to the audience. Why? Because the audience is not e even worried about being connected. And we, and we complain. We complain that we're, the people, the politicians are not representing our views. And we have never told politicians what our views are. It's phenomenal. And we're sitting, observing, and complaining. We need to change that. Yeah, so um, let's assume that we've, we've done the first part. So we've done the new party that uh, enables people to uh, join the politics and take part in politics. And we've, like, we've integrated ourselves to the current system. But then, then when we think that uh, still, like the system, democratic system, representative democratic system, it's quite hard for single let's say member of parliament to make 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 a change or it's quite hard for uh, uh, politicians to uh, communicate what they are doing on daily basis or even like quarterly basis with their uh, voters and what happens at least here in Finland it's like uh, politicians are actively telling about their opinions only like in once in four years how like uh, when, when when you've done this you've you have created a new party or a way for people to participate, but how would you change the democratic process, the decision process, the communication about the politics? How would you change that? What would it be in your dream world? So, okay, I know only one and a quarter participate actively in politics out of whatever, 30. If I told you, dear Finnish friends, that there was a party in Finland, a new creator, that Elias and Tato, two young volunteers at Slush, created a party which is as easy to use as LinkedIn. Actually, you, don't, you can export your profile from LinkedIn. You will have a review system like TripAdvisor or whatever, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, you will have a crowdfunding tool like Kiva or Kickstarter. Um, and in which, so in which you can even register as a citizen and just present causes and provide feedback to politicians or even become a politician yourselves. Um, and there's no ideological commitment. How many of you would be willing to participate in that party? Raise your hand. So if that party existed in Finland, we would be quadrupling the participation in politics. If we do that, then we will be much closer to solving the problem. So I think it's a supply and demand issue, but the, the offer that we have, people, we complain, politicians complain that citizens are so lazy, irresponsible, foolish, that they don't participate. Oh, these millennials, they don't even show up to vote. How is it irresponsible? These new generations, they're going to destroy the world. And then you ask the millennial and he will say, why the hell would I even want to, you know, walk to vote? I don't want to vote for these guys. Same people that have been on for the previous election. So, so it's, there, there's so bad candidates, I'm so misrepresented that I'm not even interested in, in voting. So it's, it's maybe a combination of, but maybe both are right. So what, how do you solve that problem? Bring in more alternatives make it easier for people to participate and eventually you will become closer 
to the candidates that will be running for office, and that would shorten the, 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 the gap between citizens and representatives. It's as easy, as simple as that. If we can do it in Chile, you know, think about you guys. Okay. Um, so uh, here, uh, at, at People at Slush, there are many people who are working in startups or starting their own startups. And um, as we as we discussed, there there is actually, like in Finland, there is uh, sort of a negative or uh, there's a feeling that if you are doing startups or Slush or Alto ES or whatever, uh, over here, you have to be non-political, and politics are dirty. Um, so I would like to ask you, like, how how did you find the intersection between politics and startups or entrepreneurs in your country, where you were uh, starting the Todos, and you said that you collected like uh, entrepreneurs who started that party. So how did you change, or did you have this same problem? Uh, as pursuing the politics as a dirty or something not not very nice. How did you do that? So, I still think the political system is very dirty, um, but not participating because it's dirty, I think it's childish. I would actually say stupid. So, if you see it under an altruistic way, um, building a better country, a better future for your children, and cleaning the dirtiness, is a good reason to get involved in politics. But even if you are 100% pragmatic uh, capitalist pig, whatever, um, it still makes sense to get involved in politics. I was talking to this, uh, I made a friend last night, Aki, who's in B42. I recommend that you go and take a look to his company. And he was saying one of his biggest problems is it's so higher to find developers. Today, he needs 30 new developers. And it's too expensive to hire them in Finland. They're not enough. But he can't, uh, the immigration system, I think it's really tight. I'm just repeating what I heard last night. So who makes, who makes that decision? The immigration rules and politics. If you want more talent, if you want to change the rule, you know, the only way, to change it is getting involved. Why? Because the paradigm in, 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 in the politician's mind that it's anti, um, it's not attractive to vote to open it up because, you know, then he will, he will lose votes. Um, and a politician wants to be re-elected. So if all his constituents uh, are afraid of outside competition and they're afraid of losing their jobs, then what do you need? How do you change the politi politician's decision or thinking? Get into politics, make, be part, make part of his, his or her constituents, people that favor an open immigration process. It's not going to change. If, if the reaction is basically, you know what, these idiots, these stupid, they're so dirty, they're so corrupt, I'm not getting involved. That is irrational. It's bad for business. So if it actually, so I could also make the argument, forget about your kids, forget about the, forget about the world exploding. It's just about maximizing your bottom line, which of course I don't agree with. But even on that argument, I could make the case that it's irrational. Actually, it's very stupid to take the attitude, no, I'm, I'm above this. I'm, I have too, too many important things to do. You know, I don't have time to mingle with all these corrupt, stupid 
low-level politicians. That's just ridiculous. And the more, and actually, the more we think of them that way, the more reactive they will be against us. We need to sit down at the table. Maybe not in Congress. Start in a bar in the corner, or invite them to slush. How many politicians have been here in slush? Me. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, the president was here yesterday. You should br bring in the politicians. Bring your Congress people for next slush next year. You should have at least 10% or 5% of politicians talking about, force them to talk about innovation. How can they be part of the solution and get, you know, get them involved? That's, yeah, that's something that we all need to think about, I think. Yeah, maybe. In invite Elias <laughs> Tato, who will be the next year the president of the main political force in Finland. Yeah, about the uh, immigration um, and talent shortage, you've been doing the Startup Chile, like, uh, what have you learned from from there, and what is something, some of the best best things that uh, other countries could replicate from startups in Chile? So Chileans have learned a very important lesson, and uh, a very uh, n new thing that entrepreneurs create wealth. It's amazing, and uh, we've also learned that immigrant entrepreneurs are as or even better than Chilean entrepreneurs. Huge revelation over the past seven years. Again, we were so Startup Chile basically, I don't, I don't know, how many of you have heard of Startup Chile? So basically Startup Chile, in, seven years ago, Chile had a very a strong earthquake. Um, a third of the infrastructure of the country was in the ground and the government invited many entrepreneurs and others, among others, to join government. And I, I, I became the, the innovation advisor for the Minister of Economy, and we all know that immigration correlates super high with entrepreneurship. Why? Are immigrants smarter? No. Um, they don't speak the language, they don't know anyone, so, and they can get good jobs. So since no one offers them jobs, they have to start companies. That's basically how it works. Same thing in Chile, I'm sure, same thing, similar thing in Finland. Um, so we said, if, immigrant, if immigration correlates highly with entrepreneurship, and if all, in addition, being in a globalized world is so important to be connected, um, if you think Finland is far away and isolated, I can tell you how isolated Chile is. We're a small country way, way far away. At least you're close to Europe. We're close to Antarctica and uh, Bolivia and Peru. I love Bolivians and Peru, but you know, uh, it's a smaller market. So we said, let's, how do we connect Chile to the world? Why don't we, let's invite, let's invite entrepreneurs from all around the world. And that's, how, that's what we did. So uh, seven years ago, the Chilean government created this, this, uh, this, uh, this scholarship, this program, basically, it's, it's really a bait, a bait to bring entrepreneurs. And the government will give entrepreneurs from all around the world, regardless of their nationality, $30,000 of free money, a working visa for a year, office space, and a staff of people and a bunch of volunteers that will help foreign entrepreneurs to succeed in the Chilean market. Not to stay forever. If they want, please do. But just come to Chile for six months. You know, get to know the place, meet the people, hopefully, you know, fall in love. Uh, take Chileans with you, bring 
finish with you to Chile, whatever. Just let's create this flow of, of entrepreneurs. And it worked. So far, we brought in like 5,000 entrepreneurs from over 100 countries, only seven Finns. So please tell your Finnish friends to apply to Startup Chile. We would love to have more Finnish in Chile, as you have a couple of Chileans here in Helsinki. Um, so that's what we did, and it worked. And, uh, and, uh, and that pretty much that put Chile in the map of innovation. Remember 2010, huge tension, people raising walls and, and making, uh, passing even stricter laws against immigration. At that same point of time, Chile was inviting immigrants that were being rejected by other parts of the world, mainly the U.S. Um, so we, we created this flow of talent. It's been extremely cheap. And um, today, there's an estimated valuation of the startups, very early stage startups that have gone through Startup Chile. Uh, they're worth like two or three billion dollars today, and they've created thousands of jobs, and it's been a phenomenal story. Okay. Um, so there's a uh, question from, from the audience uh, about back to the politics. Um, how can the political model be disrupted in the most corrupt, corrupted countries? Like, in many countries it might be, might be easy to go through the official, official ways, but if you have a corrupt, corrupted country, how, how, how would you start, start on that? It's a big question I know, but... There's this movie, an old movie, there was, this, this, uh, it was, a, there was a drunk guy who uh, his, his life was a mess. Um, he lost his family, his wife, his kids, his job. He was on the street and he goes to a psychiatrist. He, has been, he had been going there for five years and he says, what the hell should I do? I've lost my family, I've lost everything and you, you stand, sit there like an idiot, you just look at me, you say nothing. I need help, what should I do? And the psychiatrist tells the guy, maybe you should stop drinking. Anyway, the, gay, the guy gets really pissed off. Hey, you stupid, I'll never come back. And then he realizes that he had to stop drinking. So, you know, the only way to fix a system that requires participation, how can you, you know, fix a corrupt system, bring non-corrupt people, or change the system, change the rules, the incentives that corrupts anyone. But again, the only way to fix democracy is by participating. We can, I'm, I'm sure, who thinks that non-corrupt citizens outnumber corrupt citizens? Raise your hand. Okay, I hope you didn't hear the question because I would be very disappointed with people that think that there are more corrupt people in the world. Um, so, and, and it's, so then it's great. Democracy is great because in a non-corrupt world, if everyone participates, corruption will always be defeated by non-corruption. Why? Because more than half of individuals are non-corrupt. Now, what's the problem? That the non-corrupt individuals are not even showing up, are not participating, are not running for any office. So we can't elect. And if you take it to the extreme, and if, that, if, a, if a system that corrupts anyone uh, in which only the corrupts will remain, if you take that 
if you extend that, what's going to happen? You will only have corrupt options to elect. How do you reverse that? And, and corrupt incumbents, what will they do? They will pass corrupt laws that will basically allow them to stay there forever. The only way to change the rules is getting elected. And what's the good news? That they're more non-corrupt, they're more sensitive and, and reasonable uh, citizens than not. But they will, reasonable citizens will elect reasonable candidates. We need to work on the candidates. That's why we started a political party. We, were, we are a bunch of entrepreneurs. We would much rather be working on our companies, spending time with our kids, not appearing publicly. But we understand, we concluded that it's the only way to fix the system. And you know what? Let me tell you, it's the coolest thing. You can't imagine how fun politics is. You can't imagine how fun it is to be walking around, talking with people, you know, hearing their problems, finding solutions together, using the internet. It's fascinating. Don't miss out in politics. Get involved, start a party, get Tato to be the next president of Finland. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm thinking that we've sort of run out of time, but uh, there might be still one chance for That's great. So just raise your hand. Oh, Elias. So um, you're admitting that uh, democracy isn't uh, really a good solution, but it's only the least bad. So uh, should you, or like Todos is in democracy, it's dis disrupting the politics, but it's in democracy. Should there be another way of uh, governing countries like not democracy, something else. Could it be like uh, the last speaker, Seth, was talking about these startups that uh, are trying to reach the UN Sustainable Development Goals, something that political system UN has been doing, and now the startups are like taking their, their role? Um, maybe, I don't know. Um, I don't even have tried to, to, to find an alternative system. Uh, I don't think, I don't think we can really talk about a democratic system. I don't think Chile today has a real democracy. For what would a real democracy mean in year in a year 2017? A real democracy in which, um, so yesterday they told me that in Finland you have five million people, and they were there were 30 million cookies. Or so, this is crazy. Um, Chile has like a 70% penetration of Facebook. So if you think about what democracy should look like in a world interconnected with internet, with broadband, with people, you know, connected to each other using social media, you should expect a system that should be very simple to participate. You could vote from your phones. You could crowdfund, you know, just make it very easy to donate, to support your candidates in which you, your political opinions would not risk your job or the funding of your startup uh, or the admissions of your kids' schools, etc. cetera. Uh, but that's not the case. That's not the case. So I think I would argue that in Chile and in the world, we don't have democracy. Can you really talk people as, you know, 
I don't want to be bipartisan and it's really easy to criticize Trump and all the 52 stupid Americans that elected him. Um, but it's, we, we all know now that, 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 yes, the election was rigged, but it looks like it was rigged against Hillary. And it was rigged by, you know, robots and artificial intelligence. So I'm, I'm not sure, but let's assume that's the case. Can we, can we talk, can we really consider democracy uh, a democratic election, one that was just manipulated by social media? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, so a democracy should require no asymmetries of information, efficient flow of information, um, very low barriers to entry for any citizen, high levels of participation, and high levels of accountability. That's what we think a democracy should look like, Ilya. So, so I think today, we, we sh inst before questioning democracy, let's make democracy work how it should work in the year 2017. Okay. Uh, well, there's still one question. We can, we can take that. Thank you. Hi, Nico. So, my question is basically... Where, where are you from? I'm from Chile. From Chile! Chile! Woo! So, let's put in the case that um, this uh, Todos party is working and the candidate elected so what if the, the candidates are chosen already? Um, and there is uh, people uh, in the politics already that are chosen by everyone. Do you suggest also that uh, the politi uh, public politics and the daily decisions, should all, the, the citizenship, like the people should also decide in, in those terms? Or just in the selection of the candidates? So, in both. Because... In the, in the year 2017, since you... So, okay, you, if you were elected, it means that a bunch of people voted for you. And it means you have a... And, and a bunch of them are following you in Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, so, if you are a click away from your constituents, it would be ridiculous and irrational not to ask them, not to interact with them on a daily basis about what they think. Of course, you want to know what they think. You can vote, you know, you, it's still demo, dem, represented in democracy. You can vote either way. But it's obvious that politicians that are or, already connected and would want, would mind to know what their voters think. Are you familiar with Rotten Tomatoes? So, so Rotten Tomatoes, basically, it's, it's a rating internet uh, site in which you can see every movie. Um, my wife here, Josefa, we will never see a movie before asking Rotten Tomatoes. Why wouldn't you? Obvious. So in Rotten Tomatoes, basically, there is an opinion of the critics, and there's a, an opinion of the public. Um, and they differ many times. And you can, you can see, you can read why pu the public and the critics rated a certain movie that way. If that information is available, it would, and it's actually, it doesn't make sense to watch a movie, to spend two hours of your life seeing a movie that sucks when you could have known if that movie sucked or not, right? And the same thing for hotels, for taxi drivers, for whatever. The same rule should apply for politics. So in representative democracy, um, if your mandate, if you're supposed to represent your constituents and you're one click away from knowing what they think, 
of course, you should ask them and understand. And the more people that participate, the more information and the better decisions you can, you can make. But you, always, you still have the chance to vote against of the majority. So you're not captured. We're in, I don't think we're there yet to do a direct democracy, but we're on the way. We're on the way. Hello, Nicolás. Uh, I have a question also. I'm also from Chile, so we yeah, don't like there. Many Chileans. All the Chileans in the room are in the first rows here, man. Uh, I believe you. If the system is like you said, I would participate. I don't participate actively now, but you must understand that every time that someone hears about politics, something like this happens. So the quorum is going to be minimum. People don't like politics, and in general it's because we don't trust them. Sorry, someone trust politics. I don't want to be mean. But the thing that I still don't understand is that you, are, you want to approach people like me to politics. They are going to be approachable. But the people that go, is going to apply to one of the positions in politics is not necessarily going to change. So at the end, we are going to be evaluating and doing references and quotes about ideas. But people like us maybe are not going to be the next president or something like that. So first of all, I'm flattered that 30 people showed up to listen to the Chilean talking about politics. So this is a, this is a phenomenal crowd. So thank you very much for, for um, being here. Um, um, and yes, that's the case. That will happen. It takes time. It won't happen from one day to another. But as long as you have the majority of the votes, decisions will shift. As long as it's possible to being elected uh, through any party, you will change the flow. You will change the curse of the of the river of the water. Um, it, you know, as the, the main businessman in Chile, Jorge Polman, he's a retail guy. He says, "Remember that any successful company started selling to one customer, and we forget that one customer." But if you, don't start, if you don't satisfy that one customer, there's no way you could, you know, get 10 or 20 or 100. So that's exactly what we're starting. When you say, when you say in Chile or anywhere in the world that you're getting involved in politics, if you mention the word, with the word politics, it's like grabbing, a, if you excuse my English, but grabbing a pile of shit and pouring it on top of you. It's amazing. Just, just, a, just a slight approach to politics, it scares everyone. No one wants to be near you. No one wants to be your friend. No one wants to give you any money. Um, and if you married a politician, you're stuck, hopefully, um, for a long time. But, um, but then you start changing it. And, and today, actually, we have, so todos, we presented 15 candidates to Congress. We had elections two weeks ago. Uh, it was a disaster. We had very little votes. But we had a lot of votes. And the guy in the north, he's actually he's an electric engineer from Singularity University. He went to the north of Chile. He ran on two issues. He wanted to convert the Chilean desert into the lithium paradise of the earth. We have the largest reserve of lithium uh, in the world. Um, and second, he wanted to legalize marijuana. Those were his two issues. Um, he got 5%. 5% of the vote, and he, he, he spent $11,000, and he moved to the north for a month and a half.
So this is a foreign engineer, doesn't look like a guy from Iquique, um, and he got 5% of the, that's amazing. That same guy, you give him an extra month, and he would have, he, today he would be a senator. And guess what? Instead of being disappointed, he wants to, because the party will basically, will, we will disappear in a month from now because we didn't get enough votes. And guess what? We are more motivated <coughs> than ever because we learned so much in the last two years uh, that now we can restart a party and we're sure we're going to do better and much better. And, you know, things don't happen one day to another. Politics, I think, will take even longer. But once we start, you know, seeing effects, I think, I'm sure that Todos or whatever party it is that runs on the same premises is going to be the, the biggest party in the country four years from now. Eight, the most. Thank you very much. This is the great uh, time to... Uh stop the discussion on the stage we can continue it downstairs but uh, thank you guys for showing here we have a break break next but yeah let's give a hand to great audience and great discussions thank you thanks for listening to the slush podcast find out more about slush at slush.org please rate and review our podcast And if you haven't yet done so, subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.